Hey guys, welcome to the Purpose Podcast. This is going to be a real doozy. Purpose Podcast. Yeah, yeah, this this is what I'm dealing with here, okay? It's a good jingle. Uh, But we are thrilled uh, that you are with us here as we press into our purpose uh, to win our world uh, to Jesus. And so, hey, we want to encourage you uh, as God uh, ministers you in this time. uh, We want you to like, share, subscribe, uh, do all the things you do with content that blesses you, whether it's on YouTube or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever it might be. But we are pumped uh, to be with you here with my amazing wife, who uh, has got some odd vibes going on today. Who knows what will happen? Only the Lord knows what's going to happen, okay? Uh, so He's ordered my steps. <laughs> the Lord has ordered her weird steps. All right, so hey, it was Father's Day this last weekend. It was. You're a father. I am a father. You, got, <laughs> you even say that right. <laughs> you're a father. Yeah, but you said you're a father. Like, you're a father. <laughs> yeah, but you left the A out. Yes, I am a father. Okay, oh, all friends. right. So, uh, so we want to talk a little bit about uh, we won't take the whole podcast, but just some things that our dads uh, blessed us with. And so... I love um, my dad so much. You have a great dad. I have a great dad. We're blessed. And hey, if you don't uh, have a, a dad who loves you, was there for you, uh, like maybe what we'll describe here in just a minute, uh, no, uh, hard to switch uh, gears from... We, we've got some weird vibes going on here, but uh, God does love you so much, and uh, He wants to fill whatever void you might have in your life, especially if that is a father wound or void in your life. But babe, what would you say are the top like one or two things that you either learn from your dad or really appreciate about your dad? I appreciate that my dad taught me how to shop before I buy. What? There is no one who can research something. So your dad like your dad is watching this right now. <laughs> He's well, thinking one of the things on all the things and that was it. How to that buy was my knee jerk. How to buy a used van. That's what. That's what it was. But I'm so I got sorry, a Greg. steal of a deal. I, I'm on so that sorry, van. Greg. I do. And he taught me how to shop for stuff. So if I'm looking to purchase something, I know how to read the reviews and get the best price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about I go and you think of another one? <laughs> you said top two. I got two. Oh, you have another one. Yeah. What is it? Let me show you how to shop for produce. <laughs> no, my mom was great at grocery shopping. Okay, okay. Well, um, I would say, but the other thing is, my dad um, taught me resili- how to be resilient. Yes, he is. Um, so I was raised in the military. My dad was in the Navy. So the vast majority of my childhood, we lived on military bases, and I watched my dad uh, leave and come back and have to wrestle with walking away from his family to go serve our country and um, come back and then have to really work with the family dynamics to come back into a flow and then leave again. And he got his degree while um, he was in the Navy and then he worked night shift when he got out. And I just watched him do incredibly hard things And always choose, like he always chose to love my mom, whether it was easy or hard, he chose to honor his wife. He chose to show up for his kids when things were hard for him. He was exhausted and had worked all night and, um, or had been gone for months. And before he would leave, this is one of the most valuable things I think my dad did for us. But before he would leave on patrol, 
he would write letters. So which patrol could last six months. It wasn't like a week or two. No, it was it was because he was, was on time. a sub. I don't know. It felt like eighty thousand years. He missed some birthdays. He missed some holidays, and um, he would go for months at a time though on a sub. And back then, back then, that's how we're old now. Um, Speak for yourself. Um, anyway, we didn't have you couldn't like text them. You still can't really, but um, you didn't get to just get on the phone and call your dad when he was, while he was away. So before he would leave, he would handwrite letters to us and he would put them in envelopes and they would go on a bulletin board. They would need a push pen and you would get to wait until the date that he had set for you to read That's cool. your letter. And it was just so sweet to have these words of life spoken over us, even when he wasn't in the room. And so for me, I chose to believe what my dad said about me and what I could, who I could be and who God said that I was because my dad taught me that God's word was truth and um, it shaped me forever, but it instilled in me resiliency, but also the value of what you speak over someone. Yeah. Another interesting perspective you have uh, that a lot of people um, live in today is there's a, you know, there really is a bit of an epidemic of fatherlessness, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, uh, there's a bunch, I mean, probably over half the people listening or, you know, or you're a part of a family that doesn't have a dad, which is a, a real big issue. Uh, but you had a dad, awesome dad, who is not just sacrificing for you, but for our country. But for months at a time, your mom would have to play both roles. And so yeah. your mom, your mom would have to, God bless my mother, which is crazy. We were terrible. <laughs> Three crazy kids. Yeah. So all the moms or dads out there have to play both roles. Um, we we understand that's a that's a challenge and that's that's mm-hmm. hard. So, uh, but hey, my my dad, gosh, probably the my favorite thing that I learned from my dad, uh, which this is going to sound like a like a uh, like a contradiction, but it's more of a dichotomy. My dad is the most aggressive and humble person um, at the same time. And so like my dad is, when, especially when it comes to like the gospel or something like that, he, he's, he is aggressive. He's aggressive. He's an eight on the Enneagram. I know e, some people aggressive. think that's e, for e, a... Aggressive. What? That's what I had to Is have. happening with you? I can't take you anywhere. <laughs> I don't know what's going on now. Oh my gosh. I would like a mute button for her microphone. Maybe it's my beside, midlife crisis. Beside Am me. Am I midlife yet? G- get... <laughs> so my dad was hyper aggressive around uh, the the guy, go- and sometimes in bad ways, which I definitely picked up. You know, working on something or hitting a bad golf shot, there would be some aggression there. Uh, but also humility. I remember when I was learning about the Holy Spirit, and I was reading in my my Bible, which my dad set a great example for for me in that. Um, and uh, and I I read about whenever Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit on the disciples, and I was probably. I'd have been like in like either later middle school, or early high school. And I asked my dad if I could do that. And he was like, no. And I mean, we're driving to school. He would drive me to school. What he would like, we'd all take turns. He would drive us to school and we would have all the awkward conversations. And, and he, uh, he said, um, uh, or he, he, he said no. And then like the next day or the day after my dad has this whistle and he has me and my brother train my like dad dogs. Has that whistle. It's something it, well, I thought it was a, I thought that? it was a dad thing. I thought I'd get it when I became a dad, but my 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 whistle is still weak sauce. But um 
either way, uh, my dad whistles at like 5.30. He always got up like really early and had his quiet time by the fire. Mm -hmm. So he whistles, like wakes me up. So I run up there thinking something's wrong. And he just said, hey, I was just reading that passage and I take it back. And so my dad, who has, he has his doctor degree in church assimilation. Uh, he's grown one of the, one of the biggest churches Tennessee's ever seen, top hundred churches in the nation. And he's apologizing to a, you know, probably a eighth or ninth grade kid and saying, Hey, I, I think I was wrong. I'm sorry about that. And so my dad was so, he, he is so aggressive and so humble at the same time. And I want to be that kind of uh, husband, dad, most importantly, like man of God, like I want to be super aggressive around, not aggressive as in like mean or, or judgmental, but like passionate, passionate is probably a better word, passionate towards, um, you know, just towards people who are far from God and, and, and the things of God, just a passionate desire, but also humble uh, to hear like, hey, yeah, that you're wrong there or you need this. And so uh, something I appreciate both of our dads uh, before we jump into the, the topic today is that both of our dads are first generation believers? They are, and so they didn't have they they didn't have godly uh, moms or dads, um, mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, and they were both had single moms, right? And so they're just I, I just I super appreciate that, and um, yeah, so it just shows you what God like if you ask the Lord to teach you how to do something, He will teach you how to do it. So they weren't perfect. Um, but I'm really grateful that my dad learned how to father from who God was and how God had fathered him. And I'm grateful that, um, he does the same thing. Hey, I'm so sorry if I, um, I was unkind or I was too stern. You know, I get a little, my tone sometimes. Mm -hmm. I get that from my dad too. Yeah, you do. Yeah. No, 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 you don't. Super soft. Uh, (laughs) Hey, one one other thing, and then we're going to jump off, jump into our stuff for the day. It is. So bothered. I, I personally think, and I got this from my dad, uh, not necessarily like a conspiracy theory, but if you look back over like sitcoms and all that kind of stuff, who's always the heel? Like it, like if, they, if there's a family sitcom or whatever, who's the doofus? Head? It's usually the dad. Oh, I didn't know where you were going. Okay. It's, it, it, it usually is the dad. I'm and so out. like... Uh, the other day, um, I was I was at the gym, and this dad and his son were walking in. I know him, and I was I was just tell, and I, I try to do this all the time. Like I'll tell I'll tell you know kids, boys or girls, how awesome their dad is. I love your dad; he's so great. He's you know I try to pick one thing I think their dad's the best at, and I'll say it. And the boy walked past me, and the dad's walking by. He's like, "Oh, you're really laying it on thick." And uh, I said, "Man." It's so rare that uh, a boy or girl gets like a godly dad, uh, a, a dad that's going to fight for them spiritually and, and relationally and physically. And so when I see it, I celebrate it. And uh, and so I, I, we just want to celebrate you. Uh, if you're a dad, I know we're past Father's Day, but we just want to celebrate you, uh, let you know that we love you and, and that God's so proud of you. Uh, but also uh, fight the good fight. Um, press in. You don't have all the answers, but if we wait till we have all the answers to move, dang, we're never going to move. And so uh, I know maybe the world doesn't honor you as much, uh, Dad, uh, but uh, we do, and and God does. So we love you, grateful for you. And so, hey, we're going to jump in today. Uh, and we've been, we took a break last week, talk about Pride Month and, and God's response to that and where our hearts are around that. But we're spending some time in a, Awesome passage of scripture in Psalms 23. Don't look, do you have it memorized? 
Let's see it. The Lord is my shepherd. I have to sing the song. <laughs> well, go ahead. You've already started no. now. <laughs> go ahead. I'll see if I can get through the whole thing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Uh-huh. He leads me beside still waters. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. He for his he leads me along the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Oh, I'm missing one. One for and that we're talking about that today. That we're talking about today. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. <laughs> yeah, you know, I walk through the valley of shadow. Yeah, you know, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil because you are Literally with the me. topic for today. Your rod and your staff for they uh, comfort, me. Your, comfort me. Yes, golly Moses, you got it all. But I think in a really weird order. I know it. I, does order really matter? <laughs> I think so. I think so. Okay, moving on. Um, so hey, what what we've been in Psalm twenty three. And uh, again, it's we such have a, talked about that verse all day. I can't believe that's the part I missed. Hilarious, awesome that you did that. Um, so sad. But so I, we want to roll back a little bit, and uh, and we said uh, a few weeks ago, Rachel and I actually preached a sermon together, and we talked about how we can cont- how we can stay in God's presence. We talked about uh, and we gave some ways uh, that that you can do that. What it looks like to be in your quiet time. And so just, again, just so we can say it uh, in the appropriate order, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley or the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff that comfort me, you prepare a table before me. Oh, we left out that part. In the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But we were talking about this a few weeks ago, and it was this verse. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Um, he refreshes my soul. And when we were talking about that, when we were learning about it, uh, we we talked about the things that sheep need uh, to be able to rest and stuff like that. And we talked about quiet time, like time with the Lord, which is super, super important to us. And we've done podcasts in the past about like, hey, what is like, what are we getting out of our quiet time and stuff like that? But we've never taken time to really, hey, this is what like our quiet time looks like. Here's the different parts of it. Here's what they look like. And so we just want to take some time to do that today. And so he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. These are the ways that he does that. But the reason that this is so important is because of what Psalm 23, verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Um, And so something that we talked about that is so important and that we've had a hard time in the past and people have a hard time is it says, even though I walk through the darkest valley. And I think what people have a hard time, well, I know people have a hard time sometimes is they when it gets dark, they stop walking. And they don't walk through the darkest valley. They, you know, they have a seat or they wallow or whatever it might be. Um, so, hey, is, is, there, is there something like in your life that you would say with any sort of consistency that um, – like we all have dark thoughts or temptations or whatever, but what are the what are the things that you would say in your life um, that represent this dark valley, right, and make you want to stop walking? Before we talk about how we continually walk with our quiet time, are there things uh, that impact you, thoughts that you have that make you want to stop? 
I think it's thoughts in different seasons because one of what I mean, I guess there are some things that we think and maybe we continue to go back to. For me, it's been seasons. I thought, well, hey, it tends to color the valley dark and then I get to the other side of it and um, have victory over it and then wrestle with something else. And so I would say in this season, um, the thing that makes things, I just feel overwhelmed often, like uh, that I'm not going to be able to get everything done. And I know what that's, um, I've worked really hard to find out, hey, what's the root lie that I believe? In? Oh, wait. So let's, but so you believe season, you get overwhelmed. Right. Okay. So you get overwhelmed. Mm hmm. It, start, it starts to, we're not in the darkness yet, it's dimming. So sure. now we're at a fork in the road. And there's, we can keep on walking, but let's just say hypothetically, you don't make the wise decision. You start to feel overwhelmed. I get in what's the pit. The, what's the bad thing? What's the toxic trait that takes it makes it darker? Oh, well, then I just keep making, I just keep going on and on about all of the things that I can't finish or that I haven't finished or look at all the stuff that still has to be done or all the things that are ahead and how I'm not gonna be able to do it. I can't do it. Right. And so, so, and you, you and then I really do just sit down and cry. I was going to bring that Legit up. Legit sit down. I was going to talk so about like that. So like not just in the theoretical. <laughs> I know for me, right in this season, the thought that kind of brings on darkness is that I'm not good enough to do like what I want to do uh, from, from calling to hobbies, whatever it might be that I'm not going to be good enough. And for me, um, you know what sitting down looks like to me? Like, again, you talk about like, like the literal for me, it's the disassociating. It is getting on TikTok or whatever it is and just, and just being like, you know what? I'm just going to, I can turn my brain off doing this or I, I can, or, or I can just pull, I, I can forget about what it is that like I'm, I'm, I, for lack of a better term, I'm scared of. Mm -hmm. you know, I told you that when we were hiking yesterday. Hey, I'm, I'm scared if I, if I write this. It's not going to be good. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm scared of that. And so uh, there's times where I know I'm supposed to do something, but we have such a distractible world that we, which I, I think really does, if we're honest, uh, it really does impact um, what God has told us to do to continue walking. Because He says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, and you may say, oh, Dave was a king. What, what, you know, what, what valleys did he have? Oh gosh, he he his mentor tried to murder him. Uh, his his son oh, took took his kingdom from him. Slept with his concubine. Like this guy went through some crazy stuff, and yet he said, even whenever it's dark, I keep on walking. And so, what we want to do is, whenever we talk about our quiet time, this is not just like a religious legalistic thing, but for us, this is how we keep walking. Like, and again, this is this is like we're not. This is not us. Every time, but when we're our best, when we get to the fork in the road, we make the right decision. We make these decisions uh, to 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 have this time with God. And there are some particular parts or building blocks of our time with God that we just want to walk through. Um, and it, yeah, so uh, and and we'll put the uh, a um, a link in the uh, show notes about like to that sermon so you can watch it. But uh, the first thing that is a part of our quiet time uh, that, that helps us continue to walk is God's Word. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and people uh, go through God's Word differently, but talk a little bit about what it means, like God's Word, Bible means in your life, babe. 
Well, for and I think I said this last time, God's word is has never lied to me. So, so there are people, people are fickle. Um, they change their mind and um, their stances and opinions. Uh, the world is ever changing, but God's word is um, safe. And I may not always like uh, what's in there, but I know that I can trust God's word. And so for me, it is security. It's the it's the foundation I can stand on. And uh, so that is what God's word is in my life. And honestly, it's the lifeline so helpful to me when, especially I was learning to hear the voice of God because I needed the Bible to tell me, hey, is that me or is that is that the Holy Spirit? And God's word and what he'll speak to you, they won't contradict because uh, he's the same. And so it for me, it is, it's almost like a plumb line for my life to say, hey, like, what am I, if is what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing and what I'm experiencing, is it true? And mm-hmm. that is in my life what the Bible's for. Yes. And, and well, the role part of it. I don't know. I don't know if that answered your question. It wasn't super cohesive. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> you sure? I'm you having know, a hard time today. You have anything else you want to add to nope, that? Nope. I'm just going to pull up the Valley of the Shadow of Death. All quick. right. All right. Are you about to dissociate? Get on TikTok over there? No, but that would be awesome. All How right. hilarious would that um, be? So, hey, when it comes to the Bible uh, for me, and hey, I, I do want to encourage you. Um, we, we're told a lot right now that the Bible is, it's been interpreted, interpreted all these times and all, all this kind of stuff. And I, I just want to encourage you, do do your own research around that. And we'll give you some things that you can go to here in just a few minutes. But God's word is, God's word is, is, uh, it, it is a firm foundation, uh, but also it, it is, it is solid. And so l- let me give you this, this example. So, um, and, and this is kind of an, an apologetics thing, but you know, whenever you, uh, you hear people talk about, they don't believe in Jesus or the Bible or things like that. Well, why, why does somebody believe in Julius Caesar? Well, because they were told about them. Well, we have exponentially more writings, and not not just writings, but writings that match up. I think there's I think there's over 500 manuscripts of the gospel that align totally with what we have today. And so, either that's not what this podcast is for. For me, just to get real practical, I do uh, the Bible reading in a year. And so I have that on U version helps me know like where that way it's there. I I go to it. Uh, but then also something I'm doing now is I I just want I just want more of God's word. And so I'm doing the New Testament once a month, and I listen to that. Uh, and so uh, sometimes I'll be in backyard hitting golf balls, and I'm just going to listen uh, to a couple chapters. Or if I'm driving, I'm just doing that. And but uh, I just want to remind you when it comes to God's word. At what uh, what Second Timothy three sixteen says, and that's the all scripture, all scripture um, is appropriate is set for uh, for the uh, discipleship, the uh, rebuking, all the stuff, the equipping of a believer. And so, I just want to encourage you, like that this this Bible that we get to have, like this this is God's word set for you and I, and so. I just make sure I have time in it. Something that my dad, going back to that, my dad taught me is it's way easier to act your way into feeling than to feel your way into acting. And so I feel like a lot of times when people sit down in the valley of the shadow of death, 
just because they're letting their feelings lead them. I'm a very emotional person. Uh, so I remember growing up, like my dad would always tell me, like your emotions are the caboose of the train. They don't lead it. And so I, I pretty much every day, I'm going to get my time in God's word because, because I want it to lead it and not my feelings or not anything like that. And so, and I'd also tell you for all these things, but especially for God's word, it is so good if you have a set aside time, right? Uh, because I, I don't know about you, but I never drift to productive things, right? They don't just happen by accident. And so I have time on my calendar where I don't schedule meetings and all that kind of stuff where this is this is the time between me and God. And if you're a person who's structured and all the things, um, I, I, I think if you put on your schedule uh, that you have a meeting with a boss or a friend or a, whatever it might be, you would be there on time and for the duration of the time. So what about your time with God? Is that, is that what, if you're a calendar person, is that on your calendar? Is it on your priority list? But either way, we start with God's word. Um, and it is, it's God breathed, 2 Timothy 3.16. Um, and it's for you. God, God did that. It's a love letter to and for you. And this helps you keep moving through the valley of the shadow of death. Well, and one of the ways it does that is by reframing what you're experiencing. So a lot of times when we are walking through that, a lot of times we'll call something a dark place or something is dark when really it's just um, the Lord pulling sin out of our life, which is a good thing. So just to, like, for me, one of the things that's been really helpful is that when I read the word, I'll be really frustrated about something or I'll feel like I'm in this, whatever, I'm overwhelmed or in the past um, walking through some struggles with infertility and all of that, I would, when I would read the word of God, it would reframe what I thought and felt. And I was, oh, I'm just very grateful that God's word is meant to be meditated on forever. Like you're never going to be done reading and studying the word of God. It is, um, it's such an incredible gift, but what it can do is, and you don't just learn about God. You don't just know how to hear his voice, but it'll also show changes you and what you think and what you feel, which is incredibly powerful. Yeah. And some, and I, we'll talk about this here in a little bit, a little later, but something I've been so challenged by, we're watching The Chosen and- I love The Chosen. Yeah. These men and women like who followed Jesus in the first century, um, they they didn't get, they didn't have it on their phones or what- or, All they had was the they, Pentateuch. And and so, then but they, but they just have it memorized. They have it. And so, uh, and this is just a little something about the Bible that I love. Uh, the Bible is unique among all books in the world. And just imagine you have this and you can spend time in it, but do we? It's unique among all the books, all, all the books of the world. Um, its message is unified throughout 66 books. So those books in there, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Genesis, Acts, Leviticus, Numbers, there are 66 books. It was written by over 40 different writers, including shepherds, kings, priests, scholars, fishermen, prophets, over 1,500 years. So think about all the errors that are available. However, the Bible remains unified in its message, even though it's display, it displays a wide variety of genres. Its authors wrote about a variety of purposes and exhibited a broad range of emotion. And so like with all that going on, the Bible is still unified. I don't know. I, I just think it's, it's really special. Um, and I think we take it for granted uh, sometimes. And so uh, either way. So the Bible is is a massive part of how we continue to walk 
um, even whenever it's dark. Something that, not just to walk, but something that pushes me um, out of the valley of the shadow of death. Or like you said, reframes and brings light even in um, yeah. a dark place. So the next one's prayer. Uh, what what is what's prayer mean to you? Prayer is two way communication with God. Mm-hmm. So you can talk. Prayer is not just. There is a great book. I'm almost done with it um, about prayer. Uh, um, it is. It's uh, pray, pray like, like monks. monks and live like fools. And um, but it's two. Prayer is two way communication, and I think that that is sometimes that's a hard thing for me because it requires me to slow down and listen. So when I, a lot of times we'll sit down and we'll pray and we'll just hurl all of our requests at God and then go about our day. But that's not what prayer really is. It's designed for us to have dialogue with God. And um, yes, we share the things we need, but we also express what we think and feel about God to him in prayer. And so when we read how um, Jesus taught us to pray, it is... It, there's a clear structure um, for what God has for us, but the at the basis of it for me, it's the ability to talk to God and to hear Him speak to me. Mm-hmm. And for to hear Him speak to you, I mean, it's really hard to listen to somebody while you're talking, or it's really hard to listen to somebody while you're doing something else. And mm-hmm. so uh, I think that that is a challenge for a lot of us to just sit and listen. Uh, I've Two of my friends, Aaron Goen and Mark Winterton, both in the last couple of years have made their word for the year listen, and they hated it just because it's, it's so different than how we live our life now. And so prayer prayer is, is huge uh, for me. Like, And I journal. Um, I'm, I'm a journaler. And to be super candid, um, I really do think, uh, I feel really strongly that prayer is better when you're journaling. Um, I Why know, is prayer better when you're journaling than when you're not journaling? Well, for, for a couple of reasons. One, you're focused. I think you're focused on another level. I don't write down every word, but whenever I open up my journal, it is it is a signal to me that this this is what it's time for. Not only that, but now whenever I'm I'm communicating with God, I have something to go back to. And so I've got some significant revelations recently, and I can go back to them. Like I don't have to try to remember what it might have been. Like I, I can go back to it right there. And so uh, I, I just think there's something about like giving him this other level of focus. Um, and so like I, I'm going to journal it and, and I mix uh, I mix Bible and prayer for this reason. I've heard a lot of people. Actually, I was with the interns earlier this week and the in, one of the interns. Uh, what was his name? He had an awesome name. I forgot it. Um, so uh, but he had he asked, how do you know the difference between you what you're thinking and God talking to you. And so that's a hard one, and I have an opinion on it. We won't get to it today. But what I do know is God's Word is the Bible. And so I start there. Remember what you just said in 2 Timothy 3.16? And so I start there, and then I let that foster, I let that foster my conversation with the Lord. And so there are times when I know I should talk to Rachel, but I, I it's after work. I don't, have a lot, I, I don't really have a whole lot to talk about or say. And so I'll start with, you know, hey, how was your day? Or, hey, is there anything hard for you right now or whatever? And as Rachel speaks to me, I have something to respond to. And so Rachel is leading. And so my question for us when it comes to prayer is, are we leading always or is God leading? 
Like, so whenever you start with scripture, God gets the opportunity to lead the conversation. And so I heard a great way to posture yourself when you start to pray. And it's from that book. And I loved it. And the book is know. awesome. Do that you, guy's awesome. I don't know how you start your prayer time, but um, I have started doing this and I find that it has shifted some things for me. And you just um, put your hands out in front of you, um, which is not weird at all. And Let's do it together. Uh, and you just tell the Lord, here I am. I'm here. And in Jesus, I want to be with you. Or Holy Spirit, come. Something simple that, um, just like you said, when you open your journal, it's a signal um, that this is what I'm here to do is to meet with God. And that for me is like, it is, it tells God and me, hey, I'm, I'm here to meet with God. Yeah. And I, and you know this, I start, if you open my journal any day, it's going to start, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is, is to come. And then I've added to holy, holy, holy is Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with your glory. And the reason is because in Revelation and in Isaiah, the seraphim who are flying around God in heaven right now, that's what they're saying. And so they've been quoted one, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is, is to come. And then holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with your glory. And so I'm trying to, and I, I've got just some darkness in my mind and my heart because uh, I'm a sinner and I've got doubt in there. I've got fear in there. I've got distraction in there. And so what I, tr what, the reason I write that uh, sometimes just, you know, it's just kind of a, maybe it's a legalistic, like I just do it because I do it. But the heart behind it is to get out of Zach, to get out of faith promise, to get out of uh, the, the stresses of family and to, to get where I need to be first and foremost, which is in his presence. And so uh, we, won't, we, we don't have time to get in all this. This would be a great one to do a podcast on. But there's, there's three heavens. There's the, and God created the heavens and the earth. And so there's the first heaven, which is where we're like living in now. There's the second heaven, which is referenced in Ephesians 6 with the, this, the spiritual battle that's going on. And then there's the third heaven, this, the heavenly places where God, where God reigns and there, n nothing evil or uh, sinful can be there. And so at my best in prayer, I try to ask God to elevate me to the third heaven. So I, I try to put aside all my worries and stress. You know, first Peter five, seven, I cast my cares on you because you love me. I try to, is there any battle I'm facing in, in the, in the second heaven of, of lust or of fear or anything like that? And God, I just, I, I renounce that you have victory over that. And then I just want to sit in his presence. And so again, this is prayer. And just, now I'm a literal person. And I, 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 as I get older, I'm getting more strong on this. I think that whenever you say things with your mouth that involve obedience and you don't obey, I think it impacts you. So if you say, God, I'm, I'm desperate for you to move here. I'm desperate to hear from you. And this is what you're doing. I'm just desperate to hear from you. If you're listening, I'm just sitting normal. Or maybe like this right here. But when's the last time like you got on your knees? Or when's the last time you lay down in the floor of your office or in your bedroom? Or when's the last time you laid down and like elevated your voice how bad you needed him? I, I really do think that like this, this external obedience, it, it, it tells our flesh, and this is what matters. When I lay in my office floor for 30 minutes, it tells my flesh, this is what's most important to me. And so either way, we, we can talk about a lot. I would also encourage when it comes to prayer, 
another book is uh, Chris Hodges just came out with a book a couple months ago called Pray First. Unbelievable book. Um, but also in Matthew 6 and Luke 11, Jesus teaches his disciples very specifically how to pray. And so those are also great resources around prayer. Uh, but again, so we got the Bible, prayer. Both these things push us out of the valley of the shadow of death, or they give us light while we are in it. And the next one we do, which this one is a little, can be a little, feel a little weird, um, is worship. So what does worship look like for you, babe, outside of, you know, the, like the worship sir or the church service um, manifestation of worship? Well, I think what we've done is we've taken a strategy or like, a, or a, rather a tool and we have, um, we've missed defined worship. So we think worship is singing songs and that is not what worship is. Worship is showing honor and reverence and, um, or like great regard, respect, devotion. And I would say that is not just it. Songs can do that and is very helpful and it's great. Um, but that also looks like a life making choices that choose to honor God even if they're uncomfortable. So um, something as simple as waking up early to spend time in the word is an act of worship. It shows God you honor him. It shows him your devotion to him. And so that would be, for me, what I do, an act, how do I worship, is I am making intentional choices to show God how much he matters to me. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I. And I think that we we have worship kind of boxed in around you know singing at in in the um, you know in in a church service, but again, so much more than that. A, a verse that I pray every day is Psalms one hundred, and it says in verse two, uh, "Worship the Lord with gladness; come before Him with joyful songs." Sorry, it's verse three. Uh, know that the Lord is God, uh, and He has made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Uh, but it tells us to to it, there it is. Sorry. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And so for me, like part of how I praise him is with gratitude. And so I tell him what I'm grateful for. Uh, I tell him like the, the I'm so grateful for my calling and for my family. When did that shift happen for you? So I would say a lot of people feel like worshiping God is like, it's this duty. I'm, you know, I'm devoted to duty. you. And <laughs> anyway, um, I was going somewhere. Oh, so, you, you've been a weirdo on me the whole podcast. I, I say duty one time. Now I'm lost. It's the ADHD. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm unmedicated. Okay, so. So when did, when did worship. When did that shift happen for you? Like what, when did you choose to change your posture in approaching God when, and acknowledging like, hey, you, you love him. You're devoted to him. You want to honor him. But now I'm intentional to when I do those things to be grateful and joyful making those decisions. You know, and it, I, I actually, I've never thought about this till you asked me that. There's a time, there. I don't know when it was, but there was a time when worshiping on the weekend wasn't enough. Um, and so like there, there are times like for like whenever you and I, we've grown our relationship, there's times where just saying I love you isn't enough. It was when we were dating or like when we first got married. Uh, but now the stress is so much more. Now we have... We've got the kids and we have, you know, we're building this house. We have this, we have that. And so as our relationship has grown in intimacy, and I know more what you want. 
And so like whenever I was younger in my faith, like I didn't know that he wanted more. Uh, I didn't know that he wanted every little piece of me. You know, I, I, I didn't know that he wanted me to uh, pray without ceasing and to worship with praise and thanksgiving. And so I don't know like if you said, hey, why do you, why do you, because I'm not a good singer. Why do I make sure that I sing at least one song out loud um, in my in my quiet time? I just I just want him to know I love him. I just I and I write I write so much in my in my journal. I say you are worthy. I love you most, and I'll say I love you most a bunch of times. And I, that may sound silly for me. That is a and I've told you that I, I I love you most, and you know the only thing I love more than you is is God. But for me. That is a sign of intimacy for me. Everybody's my my you know Micah, my brother and Joy. Like their their thing is I love <clears throat> I love you to the moon and back. And so it could be such a intimate piece of worship for Joy or Micah in their in their quiet time for them to tell God I, I love you to the moon and back. Like whatever that is for you. And so I don't know. There was just a time where I got where I was like you know what um, the. Uh, uh, Prayer, or sorry, worship on the weekends not enough. Praying in the spirit, um, that's worship for me. In in uh, first or second, I always get confused. I think it's First Corinthians fourteen. Uh, it talks about praying in the spirit is to uh, it's to glorify God and 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 you like your relationship with God. And so I feel I feel silly every time I pray in the spirit. Um, I feel silly every time I pray, or sorry, every time I sing in my office by myself. I feel silly every time. But you know what? It's worth it. When, if, if, I, if I do something publicly for you and I feel silly, I, I think there's some ways where it makes it feels even more special to you because mm-hmm. I'm willing. If it makes you feel loved, I'll do it. I don't care what anybody says, what anybody sees. Somebody hears me outside my office or somebody hears me praying in the spirit outside my office and gosh, what's Zach doing? Mm-hmm. I love him so much. And so there was just a time where singing a song on the weekend did not appropriately manifest the love I felt for him. And this verse pushed me to more, enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. So we would also say, um, there's some other things that we do that is helpful. One of the things that we like to do that helps us move, walk through the valley um, is gathering with like-minded believers Mm -hmm. who will hold us accountable. And I think this, one of the things that really frustrates me is when people are just like, they are not honest. I know, like, you can tell on people's feed on social media or some of the things, like, they'll talk about stuff or whatever, And but pe- there can be something going on. And when you sit down, need to eat, and if you won't share what's going on so that someone can walk with you and pray with you, I just, that frustrates me a little bit. Um, when people just hold the wall up, I'm not going to let you get any closer. And sometimes the wall is deserved and earned. And so this isn't like for all situations all the time. I'm just saying for me, it's really helpful. It gets me out when I let the wall down and I am honest about where I am and what I'm walking through. Yeah. And I, I think this is for extroverts and introverts. I think some people say that they are introverts. So like <clears throat> time with believers and stuff like that is, you know, it's a, uh, it, it's a lesser priority for them. But biblically, I mean, the Lord, Jesus even said, if you are bringing your offering, um, and it's Sermon on the Mount, if you're bringing your offering and you realize you have an issue with your brother or sister, leave your offering and go make it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, church, the word for church in the Hebrew is, uh, or in the Greek is ekklesia. It's the gathering of believers. 
Um, and so I, I just think it's so important. I, I don't. This is something the enemy does to me. Uh, is whenever I'm in a bad spot, he wants to get me by myself. Um, and just if I could just show you like the the darkness that lives inside me, I know what gets me right. Like I know. And so sometimes even like uh, it, it just the a hyper like caricature of it is if I think something bad about myself and I'm with you, I used to say it out loud. I've never told you this. So here we go. Um, I used to say it out loud, but I know if I say it out loud, then you will know and you will pursue that untruth in me. And so like now my flesh has like kind of adapted. It's like, don't even say it. You don't even deserve to be pursued about it. Just keep it to yourself. And so, but I think, and again, that's, that's dark. I know. I apologize. But I think that that's where a lot of people. You're a person? Oh, yeah. no. But I think that's what a lot of people maybe unknowingly are doing where they're like, I'm just keeping it to myself. But I've just got some friends uh, like, like not, not just you, but like um, Steve Kerr or Matt Shoemaker or some people in our group. And when I just talk to them, they're just, they're, I don't, I don't know. It's just, you could just be yourself. Um, and yeah, it, it, again, it's it biblical. Re- it it's would big. require though that you lay down your image. So if you want to be thought of as, you know, a certain thing and you share what's actually going on in your heart and your mind so that you can be, you know, iron sharpens iron so that you can be made more into Christ likeness. I just want us to make sure that for me, that's sometimes why I won't want to share is like, oh gosh, I don't want somebody to think something of me. That's not true. Um, but what somebody else thinks is up to them. My job is just to is to not stay alone in the valley. Yeah. Have grab somebody's hand and walk out. So one more. We've talked about the Bible, prayer, worship, community, um, community and serving, kind of do, doing stuff with people. And the last one is our is our resources. So I I think this was big and just just for time purposes. What are your top two resources right now? So outside of prayer, Bible, and worship. So like, what are the resources that you really feel like uh, just uh, exponentialize your intimacy with God? Outside of church on the weekend. Right? Outside of, yeah, 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 yeah. I would, for me, it's um, one is podcasts. So I have a couple of different podcasts that I like to listen to. Um, and uh, sometimes they're different than what I normally, like how I would normally think. Uh, so it just challenges me. But a lot of times, I'll, anytime I'm struggling with something or I want to learn something more, I will grab a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing, I like to listen on Audible to books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So books, podcasts. Yeah, those, those are some for me. I, I, let me get a little more specific on one. Um, it, I love, um, like, uh, testimonies. So like some of the books mm-hmm. I listen to are like, uh, like the, um, God's generals or like Jesus freaks, these things of like where people did these amazing feats, but then also one we've mentioned it is uh, the chosen like, and so it, it has been, and why, why would I say it's a resource? I would say it's a resource because it, it is inspiring me to more, when it comes to my walk with God. And so I think we are all, we pursue inspiration around things that we care about. So like, I love golf. I love watching golf videos, good, good golf and these other things. I just, I just like watching it. And so if you have a hobby, you probably like to to get into it. But why, why don't we do that around like a walk with God? Like uh, apologetics videos. I love watching those, hearing these brilliant men and women answer these questions that the world has. Uh, but the chosen... Whenever Jesus, 
He, he grabs the woman with the issue of blood, like her face, and says, you are clean. And it just, it, it just inspires me. It inspires me mm-hmm. like that there's so much more to be done. And so when we think about resource, I want to encourage you, what is inspiring you to the most radical believer? And when I say radical, I'm not talking about like judgmental or preaching on the streets. I'm talking about radicals and you're seeing God move in your lives and other life, your life and others' lives. Because that's your purpose. Your purpose is to win your world. And we love you so much. And uh, these are just some of the things we do to keep on walking uh, when we find ourselves in the valley of the dark, dark times or the valley shadow of death. And so, it the dark place. The dark place. So mm-hmm. we love you so much. Keep on pursuing your purpose uh, this week and win your world. We love you. We'll see you next week.